What's happening, guys? Welcome into your Friday episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. We've had a great week of podcasts, all right? So a ton of things I think we have covered that all the way dating back to Daniel Walla coming on uh, to talk about Deshaun Watson's situation from the CBA language perspective and how Sue Robinson's pursuing this case. Uh, so great. If you have not listened to that, I really urge you to do so. Spent some time with Brad Ward. We talked to Jordan Zerm yesterday. Uh, Tuesday, we uh, started into our defensive previews where we talked about Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney for our defensive end previews. We're going to cover the rest of those guys here on this show, but just a lot of great things. And then at the OBR website, we've also had some fantastic stuff go up over the last few days, which I really do urge you to check out. Fred Greetham just put out uh, his five key offensive position battles. Um, and again, not offensive, like you're being hard, but offense, if you get, you get where I'm going with that. So he wrote on those. That's great. I wrote up a Baker Mayfield, how the trade solves issues for all of the parties involved. We've had some other great stuff go up, including reviewing the Browns front office changes from Andrew Spade. And then, um, looking at some other angles on Jacoby Brissett and, and different stuff we've had up. You should check that out. If you, I know it's the, it's the toughest time for, for, uh, content here right now you're bored out of your mind on the same storylines i get it but we're still talking about this year previewing this year we're doing that on this pod we'll start to reel in other teams we'll start to reel in the afc north and other afc contenders as we get close to camp at the end of this month but uh yeah no we're in the oasis the stretch to a new season and with this new season it's going to be a lot of change a lot of similar faces but a really big change and especially at the most important position that's Baker Mayfield. I talked yesterday at length with Jordan Zerm about that trade, about what comes with it from every angle. The, the Baker Mayfield, good, great, awesome moments, the, the poor moments, what his legacy is in Cleveland, what he leaves behind, and, and all of that. So I think we covered about every angle we can of that trade from Carolina's perspective to Cleveland's to everybody else. So check that one out if you missed it yesterday. I'm excited to bring on John Colosimo. Uh, we have not hooked up here for a little bit. John's been doing a lot of house renovating and he's been, he's a busy guy. I can get some, some time with John. I always appreciate that time spent with him. So we're going to welcome John into the show Going to yuck it up here for a little bit and then talk about the fringe defensive ends. But uh, John, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Jake, man. I mean, things have been going good. How, how are they on your front, man? Uh, you got things on the cusp here. Yeah, things are on the cusp. We are at July 15th, to get interpersonally into my life, we have uh, our second child is going to be a full term. If you don't know that, that's 37 weeks. So we'll be at full term. We had our first guy, Porter. We had him We had him at 30, 33. We approached us so very early. So we have been blessed to get to the point now where we are uh, almost a full term with this little guy and, and just going to be very ready from July 15th to uh, uh, I think August 5th is the due date. So kind of anywhere in between there, man. So I've just been preparing for that as best we can, as you know how it is with the two child onslaught that can happen. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you're definitely gonna get the full brunt of it, but, uh, yeah, it's a different deal once, uh, you know, uh, once they're on, I mean, maybe you'll get lucky and they're on uh, similar schedules a little more so than mine, but, uh, goes from being able to count on a couple of breaks here and there, having things figured out to, um, you know, full, you know, full assault. (laughs) It's 2v2. It's 2v2. So that's right. I've been, I've been doing this lately. I'm lucky that I got a little age gap here. Porter's four and a half. So I've been taking him out and golfing. He's been coming on the golf trips with me and like uh, riding in the cart. He gets a big kick out of that. 
So I was talking to John offline about how I've been golfing a lot more and hoping now that Porter's situation where it's like, hey, I'm going to take Porter to get him away and you can have some one-on-one time with the baby is a good route for Jake to get some golf in. I'm angling this. I've been working on it, John, for a solid <laughs> month here. I'm hoping it go. works out. I don't know if it will. I'll keep you all apprised to that result. But uh, for now, it's uh, it's up in the air, man. So Play your cards, um, Jake. Play your cards. You got to shoot your shot. That's my life is this now. So I, I got to get my little victories where I can. So anyway, listen, man, in the, in the front of uh, things you and I usually talk about love and thunders coming out another Marvel movie, pretty pumped about that wife and I are going tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's gotta be good. Some people have said it's pretty good, not great, but pretty good. And I think they need that. So we're uh, pretty pumped to go see that. Have you, if you bought tickets, you're going to go check that one out. I'm going to try to. Uh, I'm trying to convince the in-laws um, to go tomorrow. I've been working my father-in-law pretty hard here on the nice. brewery. So uh, we're going to see if uh, we can't get out. And, uh, you know, I think no matter what, I, I have a hard time thinking it would be fun. You know, that's all I'm looking for. Uh, is it fun? I think it will be. I think it'll be fun. And I, I, I miss a little bit of that buildup for more big Marvel movies. And they've just been on a little weird streak. I know Spider-Man was really good and that, that one definitely hit the mark, but like just some up and down here that has been like, I kind of miss the buildup for this. And this is, this has been cool. Kind of excited to go see it, get the popcorn, get the soda, uh, rock it out of the movie theater. So uh, pumped about that, man. Uh, other fronts where I wanted to get your opinion is, is it pronounced James Khan? can it's is con right i don't know i think, it, I think it's con and i just saw that right before we got on here yeah, yeah man i shout out to him for so many good movies uh, died at 82 specifically one of the best football movies that you'll ever see which is the program did you have a connection to the program did you love that movie uh, oh yeah point? i mean i remember you know back when they had to go back and this is in a in a day of vhs tapes right they had to go and like wipe the scene um, that the football players were laying in the middle of the street uh, because people were doing it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like, you know, that, you know, that I remember specifically that. And uh, to this day, you know, seat at the table remains a, uh, a quotable part of that, that I, I always get into. Yeah. That, that movie is, is peak, Pete quote man like if you didn't play high school football or college football and like that movie wasn't quoted once a week pretty abnormal <laughs> and you're right that's a little known fact that they had to take that scene out to avoid people trying to recreate that uh, they're lined up there on the on the highway pretty dangerous stuff so they had to go back and uh go back and and wipe that whole thing out but yeah that's that's a it's a great movie and so sad to see him pass away but um, otherwise, I think for the most part, we will dive into what's going on. And for me, I want to get your opinion on Baker Mayfield. I gave my opinion on Baker Mayfield as, as, as in totality yesterday, John. And I really referenced that the big thing for me was, you know, there's a lot of legacy things here. He did a lot of great things and he, he, he certainly is a part of some great memories here, but ultimately not good enough. But what he did do was raise the level of quarterback play in the franchise. And I think that's important to know and note is that he raised, and they're trying to be better, right? They're trying to get better, be better. But he raised the bar for quality of play at the quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns. Not good enough. They want to do better, like I said. But I think there's something to that, raising the bar, getting it to a decent level. He uh, he accomplished that, uh, if nothing else. He brought some normal modern quarterback production to the position 
The Browns, again, have done major things here to try to get better at that position even yet, but he did raise the bar there. So that's a big part of it. And, and trying to not kick him out of Cleveland in a way that is detrimental, but just trying to remember the good, bad, and some of the high high moments and low moments and all that stuff. So I just want your takeaway on on uh, how you felt after the Carolina trade went down. Yeah, Jake, I would say um, I don't like to look at it, and I don't think I look at it in a terribly negative way. I think it had a lot of highs. Um, some I'll never forget, you know, Jets game to, you know, hell, even uh, even the Chiefs game this year, you know, up until the last throw was uh, was a blast. And I just don't think negatively in terms of, you know, the contribution that, that Baker had, um, I, you know, that I got into writing kind of almost, uh, I would say, I don't know, a year before Baker. And I probably wrote, 15 articles on Baker um, and just really about trying to figure out what we had at quarterback. So um, yeah, a lot of us did like a lot. I felt like a lot of us were like getting into that realm in 17 and 18. It's kind of weird in that sense, the era there. It is, it is. So, you know, it's um, I hope, I hope for good things for him. You know, um, I don't feel bad for him. You know, I don't, uh, there's some people, you know, trying to raise a flag, thinks he was wrong. That's not the camp that I'm in, uh, but um, I'm definitely not, um, you know, necessarily like trying to, you know, home run derby him out of Cleveland either. You know, it's just uh, it's time to move on, and it feels good in in terms of everybody gets a clean break here, and he gets a good shot himself. Uh, unfortunately, he gets a shot at us first. I'm not looking forward to that in turn. Like I don't expect anything crazy, but you know, in terms of anybody who's, you know, paid attention to the NFL for a long time, you know, revenge games are a thing. Um, you know, so who knows how that'll go. That's an interesting little twist for him. I know that, uh, he's a chip on the shoulder guy who will use this and I welcome him to, you know, use, you know, if he wants to kind of treat it like he was wronged here, then, you know, more power to him. Um, you know, he's in the NFC. Uh, so, yeah, you know, if he if he's the quarterback that um, that he wants to be or he thinks that he is, then he'll have every opportunity over there to um, to try and make something happen. Certainly a lot easier path than in the AFC right now. So what I would say is um, thanks for the good times. Um, I wish him all the best, uh, except for week one. And, uh, you know, let's just move on. I'm ready to, I'm ready to be done with it. I can't wait for the overreaction of that first game, especially if Mayfield plays well and somehow Carolina Which is totally possible, you know, like against Jacoby Brissett and the Browns offense that will be, yeah, it's totally possible. And I just like that game won't move me one way or the other. I mean, it's, it's just not, there's not much to it, but there will be hilarious levels of social media overreaction to that game. Well, even one way or the other, because Mayfield could play terribly in that game and go on to have a fine season. Like there's, he's people got to remember too, he's coming back from a serious surgery in January. It's going to be seven months removed from that and learning a new system, learning a new offense. There's so much there. So, you know, what are you going to do? I I just, people will overreact to that. But anyway, um, to your point, which is well said, thanks for the fun times. He he brought 
a level of quarterback play to Cleveland that we just haven't seen. And, and they're pursuing better at that position. I get it. But it was nice to feel like we had some normal quarterback play. Because if you try to remember what was happening before he got here, the, 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 there's it's hilarious to go back and look at. Because football as, Jesus. As, 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 as football <laughs> Jesus, a very key part of that. As frustrated as we have grown to be with Mayfield, and, and I think those frustrations are very fair. I've been well documented on that. He brought at least respectable quarterback play to Cleveland. Now, again, they're pursuing more different story. We'll dig into that here in a minute, but that, that is well said. Thanks for the fun times, man. All the best after week one. And then you won't see Carolina for another however many years. We'll see if he even ends up staying there. I think it's kind of like a Tampa Bay thing makes the most sense to me after this next year, but we'll see what shakes out anyway. Um, Let's switch over to Watson. You know, we got to start talking about Deshaun Watson. And uh, whether you like that or not, is it is what it is. And we continue to wait on pins and needles until we get a decision from Sue Robinson next week. And we'll see if that decision yields a Roger Goodell review, so on and so forth. It has started, John, to tilt in a direction of Watson in the NFLPA's favor. There have been rumblings of an offer of 12 games to, to Watson instead of a full season from the NFL. He has since decline that uh, offer again this is what sources have said that that's the offer he has declined that today Josina Anderson said in a four-part tweet series which she needs to learn how to do threads they're very simple you just reply to your own tweet um, whatever said I'm told the <laughs> NFL there's a recording of an interview with an adult son of one of the 12 women the NFL interviewed stating his mom initially was complimentary of Watson in their conversations after the massage but later switched her account and tone after Negative allegations surfaced about Watson. The son imitated, sorry, intimated his mother intended to reward his silence per a league source. So we've seen more of this. It's, it's again, she confirmed. I was told the NFL presented no evidence of violence, force, threat, or coercion in the allegations of the five women they focused on at the hearing. I don't know where this is going. Um, I'm still on the wide. I, okay, let me say this. I think the thing that's hardest to believe is going to happen is that she's going to say he did not break the personal conduct policy and he's not suspended. Hard for me to imagine an outcome that is zero games. I still think it could go crazy all the way to a full season. I still think that is realistic. Hard to think zero, but a 12 game, it still feels like we're in the midst of a six to 10 range is what I feel like is going to happen. And it'll be a decision that Goodell probably keeps in line with. I'm curious, I know you haven't watched it closely, but where do you sort of sit about where this will ultimately end up with, with the suspension? Because it's just there's more interesting things creeping out that kind of tilts it toward the NFLPA is doing a great job in representing representing him here. Uh, I'll tell you, like, um, funny enough, um, I have been pretty solid in terms of, um, you know, um, and now this was before, like, I realized that, you know, we had the new arbiter and that kind of stuff. I said he'd get 10 um, and then it would be reduced to six. And I think that's where we're headed. Honestly, um, you know, with the with the recent news, my take is that I think this is going to end up at six. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of factors that go into that. I'm not Nostradamus. I think there's been a lot of things that uh, have happened that I could never have predicted. Um, but I do think that somehow, some way, we're going to end up where I thought, and uh, and that it's in the the six game range. 
Six game range feels very possible. Um, that that six to ten is is sort of where I have settled in, but I won't be surprised if it teeters deeper into the season long deal. But yeah, the, there are folks who are holding out for zero games, and I just can't live there. I just don't. No, no. I don't see how she rules that there was no violation of personal conduct. There could be, depending on the evidence, which Steve, you know, what David. Daniel Wallach did a great job of pointing that out this past weekend that the, the way they're framing the evidence here is very interesting. Uh, it could, but I, the optics in everything, it's hard to imagine this will be the outcome, but we'll see the NFLPA pushed for this agreement in the collective bargaining to have a judge preside over these things for a reason, very evidence-based. And we know they did not do grand juries that presented an actual charge. So maybe, I don't know, who knows, but I just want to get your opinion on that because that's a very interesting thing for Justine Anderson to put out there publicly like that. So, um, yeah, man, I think that kind of wraps the two topics we wanted to hit on. We should we should talk about DN. I know you don't have a ton of takes, John. We'll whiz through this because I don't think a ton of people are going to be interested. I do think there are five defensive ends that are going to ultimately be on this roster. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so talking about defensive ends, here's who's on the roster past the first two guys that we have talked about. All right, Miles and Jadevian, obviously the big, the big, the big names that we all know. They go, they go four veterans deep. No, three veterans deep. So you have Chase Winovich, who they traded. If you if you recall, they they ended up trading out. Mm-hmm. Um, why is his name not coming to the front of my eye? Mac Wilson. 
So they made that trade. It's hard for me to see them not keeping Winovich. It's really hard, especially giving up a player that somebody else wanted to go get him. And he's cheap. He's cheap. His contract this year is just 965000 flat. One-year deal. That's all that's left. He is only going to be 27 throughout the year. He does not turn 28. He turned 28. Uh, sorry, he turned 27. Let's put it this way. I think I can frame it better, John. He just turned 27 in May, or, uh, April, April 19th. So he's still young. He could maybe even be another one or two year contract guy. He has not had as good. I mean, the, the thing that's interesting is his 2021 marred by injury and in, in New England kind of moving on from him for other people on the roster. He had 47 pressures in 2020, 33 hurries, eight hits, six sacks. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. That's good production. 23 pressure, seven sacks, 13 hurries his rookie year in 19. So there is a player in there. I think he's pretty firmly on the roster uh, unless he's just terrible when he arrives. And maybe he cut off all his hair, John. Maybe he's maybe he's not the guy <laughs> he used to be. But that feels like a player that's going to make the roster. Just to me, what they're trying to get is a Tack McKinley duplication. They think they can get that out of him. 6'3", 220, or 255, round three pick in 19. He was a 77th overall. They like him. The other guy will kind of go, guys I think are locks, Alex Wright. It's their second pick, okay? We've talked about Alex Wright. I've had people on 6'5", 270, great NFL size. He was the 78th selection this past year. 51 pressures his junior year at UAB, 43 hurries, five sacks. He's very active, tons of potential. think he's a lock. Would we both agree with that? Oh, 100%. Okay, 21. He's going to turn 22. He's going to play this year as a 22-year-old, um, as he turns 22 September 5th. So he is a lock. Like him a lot. I think he's got to develop some some primary and secondary go-to moves. But is, if you just watch him play, and when he unleashes it, there is a really, really nice football player there. I don't know what his ceiling is. Second type of edge player, he seems like he would make a lot of sense to sort of slide into that role. When Jadevian Clowney ultimately decides not to keep accepting one-year deals from Cleveland, but again, I think that that guy feels like a lock as a rotation ledge with Winovich. He's like I said, turning 22 soon. He's got that four-year deal as a rookie contract, third-round pick. Cap numbers will be 962,000 this year, a million two the following, a million four, and a million six. He's not getting cut. They just lose too much money. They don't save anything. He could potentially be cut into his third year, but that would uh, that's out there a little bit. So. I like Alex Wright. Those are your two. Now it starts to be like, hmm, there are four names of these four names who's making it. They signed Steven Weatherly. He's 28. Okay. I want to make sure I'm perfect on that age. He's actually, um, I'm sorry, Weatherly is, he turned 28 March 19th. So he's 28. He's been around the league for a while. He's had some stints of success um, in Minnesota. He ended up going from Minnesota to Denver last year. Uh, so, um, you know, he went his first four years were in Minnesota. He was drafted in the seventh round in 2016, pick 227. First four years in Minnesota, put together a nice year in 2019 where he had 31 total pressures, 19 hits, sorry, 19 quarterback hurry, seven hits, five sacks. Um, a pretty solid performance. Not great. He's always kind of been in the 50 pass rushing grades, but he did have some production in 318 pass rush snaps. Goes to Carolina, signs there has a one-year deal, doesn't go well, goes to Minnesota again, and then Minnesota sends him to Denver. So last year he had 21 pressures, 14 hurries, three hits, four quarterback sacks, and 203 pass rush snaps, 12 stop tackles, 
he sort of leads the charge for me of this. If they're going to keep a fifth guy, he leads the charge for me. I think somebody has to beat him out of these other names we're going to talk about. Weatherly has a contract that has got some guaranteed money tied to it. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. He's going to, He's going to lose. He's got a 1.05 base salary. If the Browns cut him, they're going to have some dead money of 650,000 on that number. So they they are giving him serious roster worthy money. So to me, Weatherly seems to make a lot of sense. The other guy, Isaac Rochelle, who's in that veteran realm out of Notre Dame, he was a seventh round selection himself this, the following year in 2017, picked 225, also just turned 27 um, in. April. So he's going to play this year at 27, never been overwhelming. He had a season in LA with the chargers where he had 30 pressures, 22 hurries, seven sacks his second year, but he's much like Weatherly where it feels like a lot of those John are sort of right place, right time instead of, uh, instead of anything heroic. Uh, but, but they're sort of similar. I, I don't know. I think the thing about Rochelle's contract is he's not to cut him is only 152,000. So to me you save 895 but you only lose 152. Rochelle would have to seriously outplay Weatherly to make the roster in that veteran role, right? That just kind of makes sense to me at least. Yeah, you can follow the dollars on a lot of these things at the yeah. bottom of the roster especially and you never know what's going to happen in uh the couple of um preseason games, but I think that you definitely should be setting your odds based on that cash. Yeah, I think the cash, he would have to have an overwhelmingly strong, uh, strong camp in preseason. Um, Curtis Weaver has, is hanging around. He's still on that claimed contract from when Miami cut him. He's only owed 705000 He would save 705000 if he was cut. No dead money. We know he got a chance week 18 to play a little bit in that week 18 game. He had a solid performance. I mean, it was against a bunch of Bengals backups, but the, he, he's also a backup, so playing well can help. He was a 76.3 game where he had a sack. Sorry, he did not have a sack, but he had a, a quarterback hit. He only played six snaps. Much of his work came in the preseason in 2021 where he uh, had four pressures in the preseason, three hurries, a hit on the quarterback, did not grade well from a pass rush perspective. I'm underwhelmed. The body type doesn't look good to me. I don't really see what some people at Pro Football Focus who loved him coming out of Boise State have seen. I just don't see a defined player at the position. I don't think he's very good at the point of attack and he doesn't have a bunch of burst around the edge to create issues for tackles and he just gets overwhelmed a lot. So I think he screams practice squad player. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, did you like anything from Curtis Weaver last year? No, I mean, we didn't get to see a ton. I think they asked him to change his body a bit. Um, you know, he's an undersized guy, uh, from what I can recall. And, um, yeah, practice squad seems right. Um, I'd probably put, um, yeah, I mean, but he could surprise and I'm not sure, you know, but you have to approach it from the angle of practice squad player. I mean, he, he does have some serious athletic ability and, uh, there, you know, if he was able to add some pounds and keep some of that, I just don't think we've had enough of an opportunity to, to really see the results of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, I think you're on point with expectations. Yeah. I, I just, unless again, he shows up to training camp and he, he just impresses, he's changed his body and he's, he's cut up and he, these guys like, and again, Isaiah Thomas is another one who they draft in the seventh round who I like. He's an older pick. He's 24 right now, I believe. 
um, out of Oklahoma. He, he, no, he doesn't, I'm sorry. He doesn't turn 24 until December. So he'll play this year at 23, but when you're picked to 24, you're very easy to be cut, right? Like his contract only has 115,000 of dead money and they would save 618,000 against the cap. If he was cut now, not significant across the board, but he is cheap. So, and you have him locked in for four years of cheap at a young age. So he, to me, if he is really good in the preseason and camp has a chance to knock off Weatherly as in my opinion for that role, but he's got to be really good and they got to think they can get something out of him right away for the Browns to eat 660,000, right? Of dead cap money there. I mean, at Oklahoma and the people I've talked to at Oklahoma that have been well-documented on this podcast really rave about Thomas. We did an interview with him here at the OBR. We talked to him. He's very intelligent guy. Uh, 46 pressures in 2020, 34 pressures in 2021, 10 sacks, eight sacks. When he got a chance, like he was real at, at, at Oklahoma and he played the run pretty well in his time there. He had plenty of stop tackles that uh, 24 each year. I think there's something there. I'm really focused on it again. Most of the time in these training camp preseasons, we're focused on battles that have absolutely no movement on the outcome of a game in the season like isaiah thomas or stephen weatherly right like those don't move the needle very much but those are the things you focus on to see who's going to keep their nfl dreams alive to me it feels like thomas has a very realistic more realistic shot than rochelle or curtis weaver because i think you could you could probably cut thomas and get him back on your practice squad without somebody scooping him up but i could also see somebody if he puts together some quality tape in preseason being like, I'll take a flyer on that guy and try to scoop him up and put him on the edge of their 53 with some flexibility that the uh, practice squad structure allows. So I just like Thomas. I think he's got a real chance, man. I don't know if you have a take on him all too much, but I really do think uh, being, and he would be like the, the reminder, Andrew Barry hasn't cut a single draft pick he's drafted and he was, you know, seventh round or seventh round, but it's still picked. And they, they tend to favor those guys because of the contract control that they're able to have with them. Yeah, I think he'd probably have to come close to drawn even with uh, Weatherly to, to, and I think that that would be where he enters the conversation. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, something that'll tell the tale is um, where they play those snaps. You know, um, you know, are they, are they playing those guys? Do they start playing those guys? And now you only get three games, but um, yes. with, that part do they sucks. start playing those guys in the in similar timestamps in the game? Uh, and then you can see maybe that there's a there's a shot there, but certainly, um, you know, there's a draw there in terms of you know, control and 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 age and those types of things. So, yeah, um, I don't have a personal take on him. Uh, I didn't watch much of him in Oklahoma, but um, I'll be interested to to see a few snaps this preseason. Me too, because if you can if you can get a player that's as good as Weatherly right now, you just keep him. You just keep him right. because you get four years at a super cheap number, and he can, he's young still. He's going to play at 23 this year. There's a lot of development that can still happen there. So that will be one of the places I'm keyed in on. Other than that, we've covered all defensive ends. I will jump to defensive tackles for your Saturday episode. Hopefully you will check that out. We'll try to have a podcast up Sunday as well. The OBR group is coming down to do a little golf outing this weekend, so I'll have hopefully some hilarious stories of Miss uh, – mischievous golf going on uh, on the course around Columbus here from <laughs> some of the other, some of the other guys on staff. So I'll check in with you guys later. Maybe we would have some live, we could do a live podcast uh, Saturday night. That'd be hilarious. But anyway, thanks for checking in today. And thanks to you, John, I always appreciate your time, my friend. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, 
hopefully uh, next week we get to uh, connect here and talk about uh, what we thought of Love and Thunder. We'll do that. We'll talk about Love and Thunder next time, and then we'll probably get together when a decision is handed out to Watson and kind of go over that, kind of the immediate reaction to that. So we'll check in with John then. You guys have a great Friday. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Continuing to support the OBR pod, Twitch, and website. That means the world to us. Join us. Become a member. Get that Paramount Plus that you can get for free by joining the OBR as a member. It's a great opportunity. Thanks again, guys, for stopping by. And as we sign out with every time, go Browns.